But it's, uh, that was a song I, I wanted to play a little longer, but it kept refreshing and all kinds of things going on with what it does. And uh, I wanted to play that because it's, um, the song itself ministered to me the first time I ever heard it being sung. It was written by a gentleman named David Binion and his wife, uh, Nicole Binion, uh, sang it, has been singing it for years now, probably about three or four years. And David worked where I worked, and one day he sang it, and I said, David, I said, how did you come up with this idea, Jump in the River? And the song goes on further than that, and it goes into, uh, if I sink or swim, I just got to get to him. Yeah. Talking, about, talking about the Lord. Amen. And the song was written in 15 minutes. While he was on the platform, he's an unbelievably musician and singer and songwriter. While he's on the on the platform, he's uh, noticing that Sunday morning crowd where he was ministering at was very solemn. Now, we're not that way, are we? No, no. But, but they were very solemn. And it was like, you know, he was trying to do everything he could and the anointing was there, but he just couldn't seem to get anybody to participate. So as he was just playing keys, God gave him the music and the words all at the same time. So I said, now, so you're, you're telling me you, you wrote this song because of what? He said, I wrote it because the Lord said they need to wake up. They need to get in the river. Uh, and it goes on to say, and I'm going to read some scriptures in a minute, but it talks about being on the river's edge. Uh, you can't get anywhere if you're on the river's edge. You've got to jump in, in the spirit realm. So tonight, tonight's title sermon is Jump in the River. How many enjoyed this service this morning? Amen. Powerful, powerful. What a great word. Now I just came tonight to fan a little flames, but we got the fire already here. Amen. We had a great service this morning and we're burning in the house. Amen. And uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you have done today and all that you're doing and all you're about to do in this house. Father, you're such a good God. And we ask you for the supernatural anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost, God, tonight to let us hear your word, let us speak your word, and everything be done in order, and we just praise and thank you. And everyone said amen. amen. Well, tonight, this message, Jump in the River, uh, is uh, a river is a, a obviously, body of water running one direction, wide body of water, the dictionary says. It flows. I mean, know that water is representation of God's word. Amen. So what the, this, um, there's, there, there's nothing better, as pastor said, than the presence of God. The presence of God is powerful. And uh, you, we can never get enough of the presence of God. But it's wonderful to be able to be in God's presence at any time. He's always there. And uh, I've, uh, I know that we can create an atmosphere of worship by ourselves or with somebody else, or we can all do it together like Pastor was saying corporately. But how many know that there comes a time in your life and a place in your life and sometimes it's just you and God. Right. Well, back many years ago when I was 15 years old, I had uh, actually loved the Lord and a younger age than that. And, and uh, I had an experience in my bedroom laying on my bed and back then we had record players. You ever heard of those? And it's called LP Long Play, and it had a, 
a vinyl record, and I would play this song, and it, it was an old, I was kind of an old person when I was young. I never listened to rock and roll. I always listened to kind of more of a nicer, normal music. And still do. My wife love love music. But this, this song, it was by a, a musician that is going on now to the Lord. He, he played called Abide in Me. It's an old, old hymn. But I was at a point in place where I wasn't in sin, but I just didn't have this relationship with the Lord that I wanted to have. And in my, in my time on my bed, I just remember it like it was yesterday, that I was laying there and I felt the presence of God like I've never felt. And I just felt, I just felt the Spirit of God there and I felt His Holy Spirit and I just began to cry and this, I played this song over and over and over and how many know that music can do that with the Holy Spirit, amen? Yes. So I began to just uh, worship the Lord in that atmosphere. And atmosphere is a word that's really pretty interesting if you think about it. Atmosphere is something that is out there but it's also something we can create. We can create an atmosphere of, of some good stuff or we can create an atmosphere of bad stuff. Depends on which way we're going. But we, we can uh, change an atmosphere as well. I'll never forget the story I heard once of a guy who was, uh, he went into a fast food restaurant. I don't know if it was Wendy's or McDonald's or whatever it was. But he was in line and he was behind, behind about four or five people. And this old dude up there was giving this waitress or this uh, order taker unbelievable problems. Nasty, mean, angry, nothing that uh, he could uh, say any worse to her. It was, it was, you can't get this order right. I didn't order that. That's wrong. And being nasty, I mean, I know sometimes it's easy because those things happen to us. And if you ever go to Taco Bell sometime, my wife and I get about half the order when we get out in the car and realize we have to go back and get the rest. That's annoying, you know. But... Um, this, this gentleman stood back, this pastor actually was about five people back. And he noticed this guy, he was so angry. And this little old looked like maybe he said 17, 18, 19 year old girl was back there. And you could see her countenance. She was just hurt and just tormented from the way this guy was acting. And the next person behind him was a nicer. But when it got to him, he said, I looked at her. In the eyes. Now the atmosphere in that place was, you could cut it with a knife. You know how that is. You go to a place and you feel it. And so he created an atmosphere by changing the way he talked to that lady. He said, ma'am, smile, this looks like you're having a hard day, aren't you? Oh, she began to cry, bust out. He said, it's okay. He said, hey, you have a good day. I'm, I'm going to make sure you're my nice to you. And that whole atmosphere changed. But we can create atmosphere where we are and what we can do. And uh, that's not my message, but I thought that was a good thing about worshiping and getting to worship and, and this morning message being the presence of God. And, but if you would tonight, turn to Revelation 22, 1 and 2. Revelation 22, 1 and 2. And it's always an honor for me to be able to speak and and this is, to me, it's not a joke being able to be behind this pulpit because I know that Pastor really is uh, particular who he puts up here. 
and he puts up with me, and he puts, you know, that's okay. But uh, I'm, I'm thankful that, that I can minister. Uh, I pray the anointing will be upon your ears to hear tonight. Because there's a word I want you to understand tonight, and there is that river that I'm going to be talking about. Now, if you haven't got this river, it's not a physical river. But in a moment, I'm going to use a little illustration about the river. And we're going to act like this. I'm going to set this up a little bit. We're going to act like this is actually a river. Now, I've actually almost, uh, almost in the spirit realm seen a river run through here. Because this is really when you come up here, you're getting into the flow. And I, we always have sit on the front row of the house. We've never sit on the back row. Well, very seldom, we ever, my wife and I always have sit up front because we feel like there's a little more anointing up here than in the back. Well, it's okay, guys, in the back, if you feel it, good. But we always like to get close to front. Now, my wife, she, uh, when our first child, uh, she was uh, feeding the baby the bottle and, and uh, on the front row, and it was a good service, and the pastor was preaching, and she was feeding the baby, and all of a sudden the top came off and milk ran everywhere. And the pastor just kept on, kept on preaching. Didn't bother, didn't bother him at all. Embarrassed her to death, but the pastor just kept on preaching. Revelations 22.1, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear and crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it. And on the either side of the river there was the tree of life with bare twelve manners with fruit and yielding her fruit every month, the fruit of the month. And the leaves of the tree were healing the nations. So one of the most beautiful scenes is how that John uh, talks about the river of God and, and the flowing of the river and the Lamb of God, how he how he does that and how that the water trickles down and, and then later on it talks about the grassy grow, growth on the shores and um, soon we'll see that, that, uh, that there'll be a, I'm sorry, what day that will be when we get to heaven and see the glorious streets of gold and we'll see the river flowing that speaks about in his revelation and uh, we're given many symbols and pictures of, of water and today I want to stir up your soul a little bit and talk about the river of living water. Amen? Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm going to ask Andy if he'll come up here a second. I'm going to go ahead and read this scripture if you want to turn to Ezekiel 47, 1 through 5. There's power in the river. You can stand right, right, right there. Thank you. I'm going to read this scripture to you and I'm going to show you something about what we need to be doing in getting in the river. Afterward, he brought me again into the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from the, underneath the threshold of the house eastward. Now, this is a vision. For the forefront of the house stood towards the east, and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house and the south side of the altar. Then brought me out of the way of the gate northward. In other words, every direction water was coming. And led me about the way without the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. 
And when men, the man had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters. The water were at the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and it brought me through the water and they were to the knees. And again, he measured another thousand and brought me through the waters and the, by my loins are his waist. Afterward, he measured a thousand and it was the river I could not pass over. For the waters had risen, waters to swim in, in a river that could not be passed over. Say, not passed over. Now I'm going to use this example and, and he's going to help me out here. You got, okay, okay. I don't want to fall down. So right now we're on the river's bank. We're, we're, we're where a lot of Christians are. We're, we come to church occasionally or we might come often, but we're kind of like come in the door and sneak back out. Okay? I know nobody's here like that. But, but sometimes you just kind of come in because you feel like guilty not going to church. But when you get in to the river, you really realize there's not much up here. Not much up here. But when you take this first step down here to the water's edge, and the word said that it was around his ankles. The water was around his ankles. So as he was feeling that river run across his ankles, he wasn't necessarily worried about it because he knew he hadn't lost control. And that's the way we get in church. We get on the first, first bank of the first ankles, and we can handle that. Because there's no problem. There's nobody going to look at us because we're raising our hands or shouting or screaming or hollering and praising the Lord. So we're just kind of on this edge where our ankles are and we're just enjoying things. But then we get a little more uncomfortable, especially when the pastor starts speaking about some things and convicts us and, and we say, okay, we'll get a little more deeper in this river uh, of life and the river power of the Holy Spirit. And so we say we're going to go ahead and sing and shout a little bit and raise our hands. So we, then what we do is we get around our knees and then we, we still have control. You know, we can still do move around a little bit. And, but, you know, uh, having control sometimes gets us in trouble. We just let, let go of control let God do it all. Amen. That's my problem. I like to do it all and, and I just try to let God do a little bit, then I get in trouble. I say, okay, it's all yours. I give up. I'm going to get in the river. I ain't going to fool with no more. So here we are at the knee deep. We still have control. Then it said on the scripture, it said we're down in waist deep. The water began to rush everywhere, waist deep. Now see, in the waist deep, you're getting close to about losing control. You may have wanted to say amen, but then you're, you're just not there yet. Or you might just have a little bit of reservation on praising the Lord or, or saying hallelujah. And, but then you got to realize here, you still got control. And not till you get down in the river do you lose control. We need to lose control. We need to lose control. Let God, the Holy Spirit, take over. Amen. So when you get down to here, oh my God goodness, we've done lost control. We may run, we may shout, we may holler, we may scream. Uh, orderly, I'm talking about. <laughs> but here we are, see, we lost control. He lost control. He can't even stand up. The waters begin to carry him. Amen? So, 
so that's what happens when you get into the river. Now, on the water's edge in the bank, you're not getting anywhere. Right. You know, uh, if you don't get in, you're not getting anywhere. You're not getting the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're not flowing in the Spirit. You're not used by God. So when you get in this river, then you can see what God's going to do. Yes. Right. So the, help me back up now. Thank you. I remember when I was young like you. Thank you, Andy. Praise God. Amen. So the idea tonight that I want you to be impressed upon you is loosen up. Loosen up in the Lord. Don't be afraid to let the river flow in your life. Don't be afraid to let go. And, and I know it's, uh, it's, some of us is probably, I'm not going to say us because I never was that wild, but some of y'all's wild. <laughs> some of y'all done been wild. And I've heard about y'all wildness. So, you know, I don't know that, you know, I, I don't even look at nobody, but I know that some of you probably have, can know how to cut a rug and dance and all those things. And so if you did it in the clubs and you did it over there in the sin, why can't we just let go and let God do it here? Amen? Yeah. Amen. Now it says, Ezekiel had been down in the valley of dry bones, representing the dead spiritually of Israel as a nation. These dry bones also stand for every man who lived who did not have the life-giving flow of God in their lives. How many want the life-giving flow in their life? When God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? He was asking the question of which there was only one answer. If we answer in the power and ability of man, the answer would be no. But we answer in the power of the life-giving river, these bones not only will live, but they could become a mighty nation and able to do great things. Let's look a little further. We can see Jesus as he is waiting for the woman at the well who heard the words of Jesus and he said, John in 4.14, but whoever drinketh the water, I shall give him, but never thirst again. See, the water is important. It's life-giving. I, I am amazed of how much water that we don't drink. And there's something crazy about this. I just learned this the other day. That when we're younger, we have thirst. And when you get older, you don't have thirst. And that doesn't make sense. I know that. But the older, when you're young, you remember playing outside and you get in the water hose? I quit doing that when somebody told me there was a snake in it. I didn't want to get bit. But I do remember going out in the yard and drinking out of the water hose because I was so thirsty. But this water is different. This is talking about the living water. Amen? Ezekiel saw the water as they were ankle deep. And then it goes on from there. That we mature in Christ and we get beyond this what we consider normal and go into the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Too many people don't want to go out in the deep. It's comfortable. It's too easy. But we got to commit. Once we commit, the Holy Spirit's not going to let us drown. I've never actually seen a river until I went to Arkansas in a church convention once where I saw the Arkansas River. You know what I'm talking about, Donnie? A beautiful Arkansas River. 
And uh, the, I lived in Arizona where a river was like an inch deep. That was about that big, you know. Uh, we did have a flood in 1982 or three that actually filled up all the, the rivers that we considered river. They weren't very big. So we didn't see too much water there. But I saw this Arkansas River, and it was beautiful how it rushed through and flowed. And I'd, I'd sat there on the riverbank. I thought be in church, but I decided I got tired of hearing all that speaking. So, so, so I stuck out and went on the riverbank down there and sat down there. And I thought it was kind of funny. I, got, I thought I was the only one. And then the, one of the chief guys from all the Assemblies of God that were uh, a missions, missions director, he came out and joined me. He was kind of tired of it too. <laughs> so we sat on that river and we just watched that river for a while. And we just heard the river flow. And I'll never forget that, how beautiful it was to watch that river flowing. And I probably would have lost control if I got in. I wasn't about to jump in. Anyway, it goes on to talk about the river, how it flowed, and how, as you saw that river flowing, you saw how that there was life in that river. John 4, 14, But whosoever drinketh the water I shall give him shall never thirst again, but the water that I give will be a well springing up in everlasting life. Those who choose to be washed in the blood of the Lamb, who repentance of their sins and accept the sacrifice of Jesus, and surrender their lives to him will have the same well of the living water spring up within their heart. Amen? The source of the river is Jesus. The only source. He dwells in every heart of the believer. Psalm 63, 1 through 5. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for the thee in the dry and thirsty land. How many know we live in a dry and thirsty land? We live in a land today that I'm telling you, it is amazing. And I get weary of hearing, but it's the truth. We do live in a crazy world. Uh, I heard the other day something someone said. It said, since this turn of the century, in year 2000, things are different. And I've lived before 2000 in the other century. The psalm makes me old, doesn't it? I lived in the other century when things were differently. And some of you are old enough to understand when I say this. There was stability pretty well in jobs. When you went to work for a company, most of the time you stayed there for quite a few years. I mean, I spent 25 years in one company. My boss spent 50 he stayed 50 years in the same company. Now today, since uh, this is a new, a new century, there seems to be so much a lack of commitments, of jobs, because people are seeing how they've lost their jobs and they, they're more unemployment now than ever was. It's rising every month and it's out of control. But there, there seems to be this shift to people who are simply just displaced. That makes sense? I mean, there are people who are displaced. What you used to do years ago, people no longer do. Many people now work where there's machinery. Pastor and I went in a bank of the day to make deposit for the church. And we went in this bank and it was nobody there. 
it was, you had to put it yourself. You know how you go into a commercial drive-thru? Well, there's no longer a person there. So you have to put it inside, right? Put it inside the deal and deposit it. So we're getting to a place in our land where we're so much different than we were. And this morning was such a beautiful thing, and I'm tying this in, I want you to understand. This is a little bit off my message, but I felt like I needed to say it. This morning, you saw the altars full, amen? There was not only the altars full, but there was two full families that got saved. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And I saw that this morning. I said, you know what? People are so hungry for something that's stable. They're so hungry for something that's going to be real that that's going to happen more often. Watch. People are going to come in and say, Wow, this was good. The lady that was my aunt's friend who came this morning was telling us that this is a real deal. Amen. She really liked it real well. Amen. So this church here is a church that's stable, a church that's good, a church that you can grow in. You can watch your kids growing up in it. But in the world we live in, at the end, there's not much stability. So watch, watch people start coming in by the families because they're going to come in because they see something that's stable. Amen? Okay. Early I will seek thee, my soul thirsty after thee. My flesh longeth for thee in the dry land, thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so I have seen thee in the sanctuary because Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Pastor was talking about lifting your hands. The Bible in, in Psalms talks about that many, many times. My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. David knew how to praise the Lord. He knew how to get in God's presence. He knew how to long for his presence. He knew how to get into his presence and he was a person that loved to be in the river, so to speak. If we're not in this constant flow of the river, we can't be changed. We have to be in a river that's flowing. The word has to flow and we have to be in this river to be able to flow in it. Psalms 46, 4 through 5. There is a river that streams there whereof make, make glad the city of gold, the holy place of the tabernacles. The most high God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved and shall help her at the break of dawn. God will not allow the power of sin to overcome us if we stay in the river. We must stay in the river, stay in the flow, stay in the word. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, there have no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer. You will be tempted above that you are able. You are able. But with, with, will with the temptation also made a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. There's a river of God that begins the throne of God and the, and the lambs that comes from the foot of the cross of Calvary. The foot of the cross. 
We talk about the cross here. We talk about the cross because it's real. Some people wear crosses around their necks and live in sin. I never understood that. You know, if you're going to wear a cross, I, I think if I were going to be in, in hell and, and living like hell, I think I'd wear something that looked like hell. You know, it kind of makes sense to me, doesn't you? Yeah, well, tonight later on you'll be thinking that. But God gives us overcoming power when we get in that river. The river cleanses us. Every day, people wash with water. We drink water. But the river God goes far deeper than that. It's a natural water. Now you might buy some natural water in the store, but I'm not talking about that. It's natural water. Everything comes from God's natural. Hadn't been messed up. There's an old song that we used to sing in church and love the old songs. It's power in the blood. Sin stains are washed in its life-giving flow. There's power in the blood of the Lamb. What a blessing it is to, to be in a house where we can express ourselves in a river that flows. Because sometimes we can, we can let the, as Pastor said many times, we can let this world keep us dirty. But when we get in that river, it's kind of hard to stay dirty. Amen? It's a renewing, reviving source, that water is. Isaiah 59 once said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save, neither are ear heavy, that he cannot hear. The great I am of eternity, omnipotent in his power to hear, save, and cleanse men from sin. The river is always increasing in the affairs of men. Jesus did not come to die for only a few, but he came that none should perish. Amen? In the early church, 120 gathered in the book of Acts. They gathered and they let a river flow there and change the world in that upper room. Tonight we're going to be closing here. I'd like the musicians to come. I'm going to ask them to sing this song tonight. There is a river. Love this song. Back in California, Zuzu Street, a revival broke out which became several denominations came out of it. Church of God, Assemblies of God. And in 1914, it became a strong organizations of churches that broke out of that revival. Revival produces some stuff. When the Holy Ghost broke forth, men got to see visions of what they could do for the world. They began to go out and evangelize all around the world. Cities were changed. River flowed. The pastors mentioned it several times before, a long time ago, I believe it was. That I saw a picture of the day. It was, I believe, on the news. I read it somewhere. And I have the same picture, and you have one in your office, and I have one at home. The same picture they showed on there in 1914 was a picture of a great uncle of mine, or great, great uncle, excuse me, that was in that first Assemblies of God 
district council. It was only maybe 30 men. But those 30 men changed the world with evangelism. And through that river flowing, now across the world, the gospel is preached. Thank God that today, at least right now, we can still preach the gospel in other countries. There's always a river that's flowing and it won't run dry. Amen. Amen.